I'm Josh McDonald. And I'm Randa Matiri, and we are Hand Therapy Academy. We're going to talk today about prosthetic devices, specifically myoelectric devices. So, uh, Miranda, real quick, give us a rundown, a quick explanation. What would you describe a myoelectric prosthetic device as? So a myoelectric prosthetic device is one that is usually controlled by the patient's volitional movement. So it's operated, say, if you had a trans um, radial amputation, then the myoelectric hand would be one that is operated through the, usually they pick the extensors and the flexors, and then that would allow the hand or the prosthetic hand to open and close. And then there's a very, a bunch of different features based on the type of hand that you get and the demand of your patient. Okay. And so if you have a patient who has a referral for a myoelectric device and you've got to do the evaluation, what's your starting point? So when I get these patients, um, sometimes they will come in with, you know, they're a fresh amputee, so they may not have anything at that time, but other times, other times you'll get them and they've already been set up with the myoelectric hand. So then you're kind of going backwards. So I guess for this case, um, if you're asking, what would you do? Are we saying like they're fresh out or? No, let's say they, well, yeah, I guess let's do that. Let's start with you get a referral and they've got the, uh, a stable, um, uh, stump and they're, they're doing fine. And the prosthetician says, I want to know where to start with myoelectric motor points. Okay. Yeah. So then a lot of times we can help as therapists, we can help the prosthetist because we're seeing these patients, you know, two or three times a week, we can help the prosthetist to identify some of the best myocytes and the prosthetists are really good at this as well. But I think, um, our input is also very valuable. So a lot of times I'll use the M trigger, um, which if you're not familiar with that, it has where it can kind of read the electrical, um, it's like electrical myograph, so it can read the activity of the muscle. So um, I'll be putting the electrode on in different places and then um, seeing how much that muscle fires. So it's a little device that co- hooks up to an iPad and you can see how much muscle activity they're getting. Um, and then you can move the electrode around to try to find the best placement and the best electrical activity. So say we're trying to determine what muscle would be best for operating to open the hand, right? So then you have to decide, well, are we going to go for EDC that just opens the finger or are we going to go for some of the wrist extensors like the ECRB? We know that then the patient's going to have to fire that differently, right? They're going to have to do wrist extension and maybe open their fingers to get the device to open. So I like to be a part of that because it's helpful. If we can just get the myocyte to be at the EDC, then the it's sometimes a little easier for the patient because then it's more intuitive, right? They don't have to think about extending their wrist and opening their hand to get the control to open um, versus if you did the um, other one, you know, it just makes it easier. So if you can be a part of that um, and, you know, offer your two cents, I think it can be helpful. It's also helpful to know, yeah, absolutely. It's also helpful to know that if their stump needed significant, um, I'll say padding, that the pathway of some of those muscles may be different than we expect. I've got a patient with a transhumeral and uh, same thing, I'm doing one of these assessments tomorrow. And the prosthetician says, well, it depends on exactly what they did to pull bicep, tricep, break, you know, pull some of those around that stump to protect it so he doesn't have a sharp bone end there. Things may be a little out of alignment, so it's helpful to like, I'm gonna take Sharpie and mark on him where I found the best point to do that. 
and then take a picture of it and send it to prostitution and say, okay, here's where I found a good, strong contraction that, that, you know, will simulate a movement here or there and, and give us, give him the most success trying to find that with a device. Yeah. And I think that, and then also when you're doing that, then once you have that, then you can train that patient to start firing that muscle as they're getting prepped for their prosthetic, right? Yeah. So you can start kind of stringing that. But I think that's a good point. A lot of times their anatomy may be different because of the the level of trauma and the type of reconstructive surgery that was needed. Yeah. So there's a ton of different terminal devices out there. If I've got a patient coming in and they're going to go pick a device and they don't already have one yet, or maybe they have one, how do you go about figuring out what to do with that particular device if it's one you're not familiar with? Yeah. So if I, and for one, there's tons of hands on the market. So I think, you know, if you do get one of these, like give yourself some grace, you're not going to know, you know, everything about every single device. You're going to have to be able to look it up and um, figure it out. But the first thing I would do is usually call the prosthetist and, you know, find out, Hey, like more details if you can. And then once you find out which hand it is, so like if it's Island from Autobock, um, then I know that I would contact Ilum. And a lot of these prosthetic companies are are very happy to speak with you. And even some of them, like Autobach has an OT on staff. Um, so they have like the support. So with them, you can actually get certified and they teach you the ins and outs of operating their hand. And it's the same with a lot of the companies. Sometimes they'll even like fly you out to do training. So if you ever do get one, my first step would be to figure out where the hand was from and then reach out to the company for what support systems they already have in place. And then if it's a big company, like say Hanger, um, that provided the prosthetic, then they have um, therapists. I think they have two or three therapists on staff that can help um, operate some of these prostheses as well. And yeah, I had um, a patient who had an Autobach um, eye limb hand and they had a hanger sent out their OT from Portland and Autobach sent out their OT advisor. Um, I don't know where she, her base is, but I think Denver, but they, Colorado. yeah. And they, um, they both came to our clinic and did an in-service and certified all of us. And so we were all trained on it. So these companies are eager to help us get the patients the most successful outcomes because nobody wants a patient to get a device that they don't understand and then it sits in a closet that doesn't benefit anybody. And I would say if this is an area that you're interested in, maybe you don't even have a patient yet. Um, there are like a lot of like, especially with hanger, they have trainings that they do for free, like once a month. So you can sign up and start just taking courses if you're interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say if you are helping the patient um, try to decide on a prosthetic, I think having the prosthetist with you on that decision, I think if you can do it as a team, that's really helpful because I know there's sometimes you may get one that um, you can't submerge in water, right? So if you are if you have someone that has to do a lot of work tasks in water, then you know, that prosthetic is going to fry out, which I've had, had happen, right? Mm. So, and that's, you know, whatever they cost hundreds of thousands, but down the drain. So you want to make sure that the hand matches the occupational demand of the patient. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's really key to getting a successful fit or, a, you know, it's a good match. Yeah. And those patients who want to use it a lot, those patients who are going to be very active with it, a lot of times they are happiest with the lower tech option. Um, if it's a um, an ETD, an electronic terminal device that is just a powered hook that does rotation and open and close, but it's got all these different surfaces and, and interfaces for product. The hand is the sexier look. It's articulated. You can get different skins on it. It's very cool looking, 
but it can't handle the same kind of loads that some of those ETD electronic hooks can. So it helps to have that prosthetic advice there, the prosthetician there to say like, hey, this one can only handle X amount of pounds of force and this one can't handle load in this plane or it may short out quicker versus this one. Oh, this one you can, you know, hold a, uh, your uh, your firearm with or whatever the case is. Yeah. So it's, yeah, understanding the occupational demands of the patient for sure. That's very important in choosing the correct device. And you're right. Sometimes the simplest is the best. Um, like right now, uh, I'm a part of a study at ASU where I go out and do all the testing when patients are trying different hands. So they'll get this hand for like five or six weeks. Um, and then they'll also have the their hook prosthetic that we're testing as well. And it's been interesting to see, um, you know, you're like sometimes I'll ask patients, what, which one are you liking? You know, and then it's usually the simple one. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to actually using it, the, the, some of them have almost too many options. And so patients revert back to one or two grasps and they have a hard time activating it. The simple ones are, are oftentimes the favorites when it comes to actual use. Right. Yeah. But then every once in a while, you'll have that perfect patient for the myoelectric complicated. They rock that, they learn it, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. If you have the right patient for those two, I think it can be great. Yeah. Yeah. That's just dipping our toe into the water of myoelectric devices, a little assessment, a little finding resources. It's mostly about networking and finding people to go ask questions of. And everyone in that niche market is willing to help. There's nobody out there that's saying like, no, you've got to go do all this stuff or trying to hoard that information. All of the providers are interested in, in just broadening the knowledge base. So definitely reach out to people in network. Yeah. So for more information, you can email us info at handtherapyacademy.com or check out our Instagram info at handtherapyacademy or not info at handtherapyacademy. <laughs> <laughs>